Welcome to the Dog Liaison Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. On this podcast, we like to get nerdy in understanding dog behavior and cognition. So if you like science, you want to know the why behind why your dog does what he does, and overall you just enjoy deep diving, then this podcast is for you. So let's get into it. How do we know if what we're seeing is actually anxiety? How do we discern between quote unquote normal dog behavior, perhaps puppy behavior, um, perhaps it's just aggression in certain contexts? How do we know what we are seeing is anxiety related? First and foremost, this is a question that I get mostly from guardians with dogs that are not demonstrating generalized anxiety. Because in my experience, the guardians who have dogs that are just like chronically anxious in every single situation, they pretty much are able to quickly assess whether or not the dog has anxiety. However, it's the guardians that have dogs that are demonstrating behaviors in specific contexts or their dog is young that they're not sure. Like, is this anxiety? Is this not anxiety? Um, I think it's also an indication This is, I wouldn't say a rule, but this is just a trend that I see with the people that I talk with. It's also an indication that the dog's behavior is not, uh, it hasn't been lasting as long as some of the other guardians who have a dog with generalized anxiety. So their dog is not necessarily demonstrating behavior and it hasn't been demonstrating this, whatever behavior we'll get to and what behaviors we see in a second, but they haven't been demonstrating this behavior for very long or um, not frequently enough for us to diagnose it or self-diagnose it as anxiety. So I want to talk about how do you know in these early stages if what you're seeing is anxiety related, okay? Uh, If you're new here, hello, welcome. My name is Jenna. And, um, I coach guardians on how to treat the dog's anxiety disorders. All we do with dog liaison is work with dogs facing anxiety related problems. Um, whether that is reactivity, aggression, resource guarding, separation, anxiety, stereotypies, um, hyper arousal, sensory overwhelm, that sort of thing. Um, and I want to first talk about where you probably are when you're listening to this, like what state are you with your dog? If this is a relevant piece of content for you. Okay. A lot of times the people who ask me is how do I know if my dog is anxious? How do I know if the behavior that I see is my dog's anxious or have dogs that are demonstrating stress, perhaps aggressive behavior in some contexts, but not all. So perhaps your dog has suddenly started to aggress towards, um, another person in the house or another dog in the house or you, suddenly your dog is aggressing towards you. Um, and every other situation your dog is reasonably fine, which we'll get to in a second. We're going to expand on what that means in a moment. Um, but every other situation, your dog is reasonably fine, but you have this one issue where your dog is like all of a sudden starting to aggress towards your other dog. There's, you know, relationship issues in there. So that's one case of the type of person that's going to ask me this. The second type of person that's going to ask me this is that they have a puppy and actually not like a puppy puppy, not like eight, nine, 10, 11 weeks. What I mean by a puppy is eight months, seven months, six months, um, maybe all the way up to a year, right? They have a young dog, younger dog and the behaviors that they're seeing could be seen as 
puppy behavior, especially if you have like a higher, um, a higher arousal based breed. You have a herding breed. You have a working breed. You have a breed who is meant to bite things and claw on things. You have one of these very excitable breeds um, who maybe their behavior is just part of who they are from a breed perspective, right? And that's the kind of the thought you're coming up. So how do you discern between whether or not this is a puppy thing and this is just like breed specific behavior or if this is anxiety, right? The third type of person who asks me this, third scenario that a person is facing when they ask me this, is that they haven't had their dog for very long or they only recently moved. So there's been some sort of, for lack of a better word, rehoming situation, whether that is that the dog is new to you or Maybe the dog has been with you for a little while, but you weren't seeing this behavior in one environment. You've recently moved to a new environment and now you're seeing it. Okay. And so what comes up for us at that phase is, well, how much of this behavior is just my dog needs to adapt to their new environment, to their new lifestyle, to their new routine, right? How much of what I'm seeing is anxiety and how much of it is actually uh, just him needing to get comfortable with the environment. So the first thing I want to clear up is let's give anxiety a definition. Let's describe what anxiety actually is. Because if we can describe what anxiety is, then we can talk about how it's operating, what it looks like in your dog. Okay. First and foremost, anxiety is the preparation for an event. It is the preparation for a substantial event. It is the body recognizing prematurely that an event is about to take place that will be, that will require a lot of resources. So it's going to activate the fight, flight, or freeze response before it actually needs it, before there is an immediate threat in the space. What this can look like is your dog goes out into the world and he starts hyperscanning. He's already hyper aroused. There's no immediate trigger in the space. There's no obvious dog trigger. There's no obvious person trigger. There's no obvious sound trigger, but your dog is just already operating at a 10. He's just like pumped. He's hyper scanning. He's on, he's going. It could be that there is a specific room in the house that your dog just goes in and starts running around and getting bonkers. And I don't mean like necessarily the zoomies level, but just like it's a, it's an unhealthy arousal, right? He's hyper pacing. He's jumping up and down. He's looking at things. He's jumping at you. He's, he's clawing at you for, and he's activated, but you're sitting there going like, what are we activated for? What is happening right now? And when I say activated, it might be that your dog is demonstrating really animated behaviors. He might be wagging. He might be pacing. He might be um, moving his face a whole lot. His ears might be pulled forward. He might be super obviously alert and like, ha, or it could be the inverse where he just shuts down. The classic example that I like to use is team Angus. Ironically, when he was feeling anxious, he shut down. When he joined the RP, he couldn't even walk out his front door during the daylight. He would not go outside during the day. Now they're going on 45 minute walks around the house in the middle of the day. Okay. But at the time, if it was daylight, he was not walking out his front door. And if it was dark out, if it was nighttime, you had about a 50, 50 shot on whether or not he was feeling willing to walk outside. And if he walked outside, he would just like put on the brakes and he would just like freeze. 
and he wasn't panting. His ears were not pulled forward. He wasn't pacing. He wasn't animated. He was actually shut down. So it can have either one of those appearances. But what's actually happening, at least on the inside, is a lot of activation. Specifically, the amygdala and the hippocampus have, have really woken up. They're like, they're, they're there now. They're like, we've taken over. We're pumping more blood. We're making your heart beat a little bit faster. We're going to course your muscles in your legs with uh, uh, resources so that you're ready for fight, flight, or freeze. And the body is preparing itself. It's getting itself going. And this is what I mean by a lot of times puppies get misdiagnosed as just puppy behavior because puppies are also going to be super uh, animated, super excitable as well. Or you can have a dog who is shut down and reserved and he gets mislabeled behaved. You have a dog who has just been relocated to a new home and is shutting down, is getting really reserved, isn't willing to eat, isn't willing to go outside, isn't willing to engage with you, isn't willing to interact with anything. And he's just being labeled as calm. So what we see outside is being labeled as one thing. And then what ends up happening is all of a sudden the dog does a weird behavior, like it's reactive out in the street or starts aggressing towards the other dog in the home or the other person in the home. And it feels out of the blue. It feels like, oh, this is the actual prominent issue. He was fine a second ago, and now he's getting reactive towards a dog. So therefore the prominent issue is that he's reactive towards dogs. He was fine a moment ago but now he's aggressing towards the other dog in the home. So therefore the issue is that he's aggressive towards other dogs and we have an inner household aggression thing. So what ends up happening in these early stages when people are like, how do I know if it's anxiety or not is the anxiety is not being demonstrated generalized. It is not being demonstrated in a lot of different situations. The dog is not fearful in a lot of different situations. The dog is not hyper aroused in a lot of different situations. The dog is only demonstrating these excessive emotional responses in one to two contexts. And we get focused in on those issues and we're not looking at the, what was happening before then, or we, we do see what was happening before them, but we're mislabeling them. Let's back up a little bit. I talked a little bit about what the symptoms are. I also want to go back to describing what anxiety is on, um, a more objective or definitive way. Okay. Anxiety is often correlated with fear, the emotion, but actually anxiety is just correlated with fear, the biological response, which is to say adrenaline. Okay. Where you can go awry is when you think that only a fearful, emotional dog who is fearful of everything can be anxious. That is one of the most dangerous pieces of misinformation in the world, I think, because what ends up happening is there are dogs that are suffering from hyper arousal, suffering from overwhelm, suffering from sensory overwhelm, suffering from just being inundated with information. They are suffering, but they're not fearful. So we don't think they're anxious. In my experience, the dogs that are most likely to experience sensory overwhelm are our hurting or working breeds. And I know that that's just like an anecdotal evidence type thing, but I have personally worked with so many Aussies, border collies, uh, collie families, the retriever family, right? I've worked with so many of them. 
that are suffering from arousal issues, but they're not fearful. And in my experience, when I've had a lot of puppies reach, you know, people with puppies, I should say, reach out where their dog is seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 months old, and their dog is jumping and clawing at them and won't settle. And is just always on is always asking for more attention. Give me more. I need more. They're like little, like they're like hitting you on the knee. They're like constantly like tapping you tap, 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 tap. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. Mom, I need more. Mom, I need more. Mom, I'm not done. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And it's obsessive, but they're not fearful. So therefore they must not be anxious. Therefore that it just must be puppy breed behavior. This is a dangerous mistake. And here's why. Because what inevitably happens is the dog starts asking for more, asking for more, asking for more. And then the dog gets older and realizes, fine, some of these more like subtle behaviors of tapping on you and and giving you eye contact isn't working. So I'm going to start escalating. I'm going to start lunging. I'm going to start barking. I'm going to start growling. I'm going to start doing these other things. And then all of a sudden we just cannot believe at a year, year and a half old that the dog is growling at us. It just, it, why is all of a sudden the dog lunging? It's just, I don't know where it came from. Cause he was fine at six months. Well, was he? Cause he was getting other behaviors. They were just more juvenile in nature. And so you did not deem them dangerous. You didn't deem them a concern. They got mislabeled as puppy behavior. Here is a truth. If if this sounds like you, if you have a dog at home who is between, let's say, six months old and a year, who fits into this category of like always needing more, always needing more, requiring more work from you, requiring more work from you. And just like you just keep giving him more attention and more balls and just like, oh, here's more. But your dog is not necessarily fearful of a bunch of things. So you just think that it's a puppy thing or a breed issue. If this is sounding like you, here's something I want you to hear. And again, I realize that I am biased because of the niche that I have picked in dog training. And I am biased because of the people I work with. I get that. So there's some cognitive bias here. Okay. Even with that, here's the truth. I have never, ever, ever had a guardian join the RP or work with me when their dog was a puppy select a comprehensive approach, select the full, you know, recovery program, select that at a young age, even though it might not be as severe as some of the other cases of anxiety. I've never had a person select that option and regret it in the long run. I have had many, many, many guardians tell me We saw these behaviors when my dog was younger. So we decided to go with the more selective training route where we only worked on this one specific issue that we only worked on the dog's uh, reactivity to other dogs. We only worked on the dogs, you know, growling at me when I pick up his food bowl. We only worked on that one thing when he was younger. And I regret having not done more comprehensive approach earlier, because if I had, I would have a saved a lot of money. I wouldn't have paid that other trainer. And B, I wouldn't be in as much of a recovery journey as I am now. 
Hey, my friend, what's been your favorite part of this episode so far? Send me a DM or email and let me know. I know we're a tiny but mighty community, which I love, but I'd also love to support as many guardians as we can. So it would really mean a lot to me if you shared this episode with a friend in need or posted about it on your IG stories. We'd really appreciate that. And now let's get back to the episode. So this is the irony of it. You think that like, well, this is the main issue. So I'm only going to focus on this one thing. But the irony of that is that by only focusing on that one thing, the guardians that I've worked with have ended up regretting that decision because they ended up just having to get the comprehensive approach later on anyway. They ended up just needing the big whole should do anyway, because we weren't actually treating the root issue, which is that the dog is his, her body is preparing her for something it goes beyond just like she's animated or this is what else can happen when you have a a dog who is more active. And I even had like, we have, you guys have heard me talk about Ollie. Um, and Ollie is a little Boston Terrier. And so obviously zoom, 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 zoom. Right. And what can end up happening is when they're this young, we give them more attention because they're asking for more, throw the ball again, give me it, pet me again, pull my, you know, tail again, uh, give me scratches on the ears again. Let's go out for another walk or they put on the brakes. I don't want to go inside. Let's keep going. Let's do more. Let's do more. Let's do more. They keep asking for it. And so because you're a good guardian, you keep delivering because you're not going to be like, no, screw you. Just here's a crate and go suffer you're a good guardian. You're going to keep giving that dog enrichment. You're going to keep taking that dog out. You're going to keep doing those things. But ironically, what you're actually doing is just building in an athlete. Ironically, what you're doing by just doing more is giving that dog a lot of endurance. You're not actually treating the anxiety. You're not actually treating the root reason why your dog keeps pestering you for more. You're not actually treating the real root issue, which is that your dog is constantly on and is constantly have adrenaline coursing through his brain and doesn't know how to just soothe. You're not actually addressing that. You're just making your dog have a crap ton of endurance to keep going. So it's just going to keep requiring more. Because guess what? Our bodies are really good at adapting. They're like, you're going to keep burning all these calories. I'm just going to get more. I'm just going to get more effective at burning them. So I'm just always going to need to keep getting more stimulation. It's just an ongoing cycle. Why? Because you're trying to treat an anxiety disorder with exercise. You're trying to treat an anxiety disorder with obedience by just putting the dog in a sit. You're trying to treat an anxiety disorder by just focusing on dog reactivity or just focusing on the fact that your dog is aggressive in this one context or just focusing on this one thing. You're trying to fix a problem by only paying attention to one piece of it. And the sooner you can realize this is a bigger issue that is tapping into a lot of different pieces of her life in subtle ways And I actually need a more comprehensive approach. The faster you can recognize that, the easier the recovery journey will be, guys. Let's just call it what it is. Because if you don't treat it earlier on and you decide to wait, you decide to join the comprehensive approach when your dog is a year, a year and a half, I guarantee you, you will regret it because now the journey is a lot more substantial than it would have been. Let's talk about what you need to do. Here are some logistical tactics. You will know that your dog is experiencing a more complicated issue that actually needs a treatment plan, a recovery journey. If A, it feels like your dog goes through fits of always being on, 
either literally all day long your dog is on or maybe it's not all the time but it goes through these fits where it's like she just just needs more like she just keeps she's just hyper scanning. She just has a lot of adrenaline. She's just very aroused. She's just bouncing just like, and she can't settle. One of the things that we see with a lot of our anxious dogs is that they have a hard time self-regulating. They have a hard time recognizing when a space is asking them to be more still right. Or in a context requires them, maybe not requires, but asks of them to be more still and they just cannot handle it. They just like, I'm just bouncing. I'm just going, I'm just, and that is because the adrenaline is coursing through them. You will also know if your dog is experiencing symptoms of anxiety based off of how quick they are to respond to something, whether that is a trigger, right? Like a, there was just a noise outside and they just like bounce and they just start barking right? Or every single time you move, they're like right on top of you. What are you doing? What does that mean? And getting them to come back down and adjust is really difficult. And so you can see how some of these symptoms that I'm describing right now are really, they're interchangeable with puppy behavior. They're interchangeable with, um, new stress, like the dog had just moved into a new home and needs more information there. They're, they can act in both capacities, which is why it's confusing. What I recommend you do look at the other fields or the other moments of your dog's life, other than the one immediate issue that you face, look at the other things that are going on. You, your brain might be concentrating on the fact that your dog resource guards, your brain might be concentrating on the fact that your dog has separation anxiety. Your brain might be concentrating on the fact that your dog lunges and barks at dogs on walks. Your brain might be concentrating on just this one issue. But if you want to see if that issue is anxiety induced, look at the other realms of that dog's life and see where there are other stressors and see if there are little subtle hints that your dog is is experiencing stress in other capacities. But maybe those responses are just not as excessive or as emotional. Because here's the thing, when we're talking about anxiety and reactivity or anxiety and separation anxiety, when we, when we talk about those in combination, it kind of ends up being a chicken or the egg thing, right? Where a dog may have started off as just facing reactivity. We're just like, there's a specific trigger on walks that makes the dog become excessively emotional. It might've started off that way, but now because your dog has had so much trauma And yes, I mean, trauma, the central nervous system has experienced trauma because your dog has experienced that trauma on those walks to that dog in those cases so often that now your, her body, your dog's body is recognizing this walk is going to lead to stress. Your dog's body is recognizing this cycle and it's preparing itself for it. And guess what? It happens when the dog's trigger arrives. So it's, it's sort of this like cyclical, cyclical thing where it starts off because the dog doesn't want to be left alone, but then it turns into, well, I'm preparing myself for being alone, which turns into, I don't like being left alone, which means I'm going to prepare myself for not being left alone, which I don't want to be left alone. It just like keeps going over and over and over and over again. That is anxiety. I don't want to be around the other person in my house. I'm afraid of being around the person in my house because when I am around the person in in that house, I end up feeling threatened by them and I have to aggress towards them. 
Therefore, I'm preparing myself to being forced to being in the room with them where I don't want to be in the room with them because they're going to make me feel threatened. I'm going to have to aggress to them. It just keeps going in circles and circles and circles. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would help us tremendously if you would leave a review sharing what nuggets of gold were most valuable to you and why you think other dog guardians should listen to this podcast too. And don't be a stranger. Contact me and Team Dog Liaison on Instagram, Facebook, and email. Links to all of our socials are in the description box of this episode. We are wishing you well, and we are hoping that you jump into our very next episode. We'll see you soon.